what? You have a podcast? We moved? To where? The state of Alabama. Huh? Alabama! Are you serious? Come! Yes, sir! You're wearing the name of the ship, aren't you, Mr. Cobb? Very aware, sir. It bears a proud name, doesn't it, Mr. Cobb? Very proud, sir. It represents fine people. Very fine people, sir. We live in a fine, outstanding state. Outstanding, sir. In the greatest country in the entire world. In the entire world, sir. And what is that name, Mr. Cobb? Alabama, sir. And what do we say? Go, Bama! some damn fine propaganda. This is an ABC News special report. This is an NBC News special report. We begin with the breaking news out of Jacksonville, Florida. The FBI overnight opening a hate crime investigation into what local law enforcement is calling a deadly racially motivated mass shooting. Four people, including a gunman, are now dead after a mass shooting. The gunman opened fire inside a Dollar General store. but say he's a white male in his 20s. He donned a tactical vest and was armed with a Glock handgun and an AR-15 semi-automatic rifle painted with swastikas. This makes no sense. I am very, very angry right now. Again, the video is rather short because um, I don't think some of the things that are on there are appropriate for television. It's not meant to entertain or be insensitive to our, to our victims and our victims' families. Hello and welcome to another episode of Recovery from Politics Podcast. I'm your host, Kyle Frame, and today is Monday, August 28th, 2023. Welcome back. It has been a while. Um, I wanted today not to be about what we're going to talk about. I wanted it to be a triumphant return, for example, after that uh, opening I did there celebrating my move to Alabama, which has sure been a culture shock. And I wanted to talk about that and how it's different living in a red state versus a blue state, but having these certain ideologies and whatnot and my perception of everything that's going on or or hell there's even this really awesome article and i mean awesome in that it's a it's, it's very interesting not necessarily that i agree disagree whatever it's a thought-provoking piece and it's about how president biden has you know completely broken off from what obama and clinton the two previous democratic presidents have done in regards to trade and i wanted to you know maybe talk about that a little or hell talk about the rights obsession with donald trump still because i mean shit i think it was friday maybe thursday uh jesse waters on fox news you know actually said that former president trump and his mugshot looked hard I don't know. It, it's it's very strange. And and we could talk about that and the infatuation and the cult of personality or anything else. But no, some dickweed on Saturday decided to go ahead and fuck around in Jacksonville and kill three people in his attempt to start some fucking race war. And once again, the, everybody's favorite gun, the AR-15, is there, covered in swastikas as per the reports. Apparently this assweed wanted to go to a historically black college that was local uh, to that area. 
and security denied him entry. Uh, first off, I, I'm, I'm very curious about that personally. I'm like, did security see him carrying a firearm? Like, is there what, what tipped them off that he wasn't there? Or was it just, you know, a standard that, well, you're not a student. You have, you don't have to be here, dude. Get away. Uh, was it was it just as simple as that, or was it he walked up with an AR-15 and they were like, fuck off? That would be interesting. There's also these uh, unconfirmed reports that there were white people in the store at the time of this shooting at a Dollar General in Jacksonville, and that he actively directed them to get out so that he could focus all of his attention on the black people. Which, holy fuck, um, that's... Uh, there is, thankfully, the police chief there has been very clear. This guy used the N-word multiple times. He wrote three different manifestos, basically. Uh, one to the media, one to his parents, and then I forget the third group. Like, this was his thing. This was his thing. He wanted a race war. He wanted to kill black people. It was very clear. Um, you know, and I've already seen, you know, one person say pretty prominently, uh, yeah, one less Trump supporter in the world. He's dead. He killed himself because, of course, he can't, you know, actually live with the consequences of his actions. That's something that really bothers me. Um, you know, some people say that they hate it when the cops go ahead and they, you know, peacefully uh, get this this gunman who just massacred people, right? Like, everybody was pissed. And, you know, there is the, there is the hypocrisy going on there where you look at it and you're like, you know, if this guy was black, would the cops really have been quite as gentle as they were? I mean, there is that. But for me, I prefer that they catch these ass bags alive, especially when they're young, right? So I'm not a fan of the death penalty. And I do believe something that's even worse than the death penalty is life in prison when you're a young fucker. This guy was only 20, okay? Uh, potentially minimum three life sentences. This guy was never seeing the light of, light of day again. He would have had to live in prison for the rest of his life. I'm okay with that, honestly. I think that's a worse punishment. And, as it would happen, it's actually cheaper than executing someone. But he did do this in Florida, so it is possible he just didn't want to go out on the state's dime and he wanted to go out in his own way or whatever. Or maybe the cops weren't obliging and didn't want to take him on a path of blazing glory, so he just decided, nah, screw it. Who knows? But I really have a problem with the shooter not being caught. I do, personally. It's a personal thing. I'm not expecting everybody else, and I'm not even going to try to convince anybody else that this is the preferred method. Like, seriously, these people deserve absolutely no sympathy whatsoever. But for me, I'm always uh, about the human brain and the whys and the hows and, and you know, what, what led them down this path. Because all we can do now is guess. Now we have to piece things back together. And what we don't get is we don't get a journalist, kind of like with Timothy McVeigh. There was a journalist after his trial, before he was executed, who was able to sit there and, and gather and acquire hours and hours of interview tape and really dig into why he did what he did and whatnot. And I know that's not useful for some people, and some people could give two shits. And I'm not going to argue that, you know, you should care. But for me personally... I, as a studier of the human brain, of evolution, of things that make sense, I want it to make sense. I want to see these things, not just as, you know, a cautionary tale, but also, I mean, I'm a parent. I am a parent of white boys, right? And my kids are young now, so there's no threat of them doing anything batshit like this right now. But it is possible in the future 
that my as my influence wanes as their father, which happens to everybody, you go out, you spread your wings, they might fall under the influence of something I can't control. And it is incumbent on me, the parent, to hopefully set certain things up in their favor, to teach them the right lessons that will kick in at the right time so that when they're approached by this evil, fascist, racist ideology, they know good and well, fuck right off with your bullshit. But my concern is, when you have somebody like this who is dead, and he is a young white male, he's only 10 years older than my son, right? Like, that means in 10 years, theoretically, my son could grow up to become that. And I also know from my own experience, there was a point in my life where I was very down and very, uh, I guess, suggestible to certain things. And if the wrong person had approached me at just the right time, I could have been recruited. Like, it, it is just a matter of timing and how this thing all works out. Um, it, it really is. And I've explained this before in my video about Andrew Tate and how, you know, my own vision was I didn't even know who this guy was until, you know, people started criticizing him and saying he's a huge influence in a negative way. But even I was like, you know, calm down, at least on his supporters, because there are plenty of guys who are feeling down about things. And maybe they need somebody like Andrew Tate, the way I needed somebody like Eminem, uh, to tell them, yeah, the wrong message at the time, but you hope that everybody grows up and grows out of it. Everybody's got an emo phase. Everybody's got that teenager locked themselves in the room and don't want to see anybody and, and, and whatever. Like, we all go through that, and it's fine. You grow out of it. What I want to do is set up my children in such a way so that they do grow out of these phases, even if they fall into it briefly that they can grow out of it themselves before it gets too far. Like, that's the important thing, right? Like, the mass shooter who happened in Jacksonville on Saturday, you know, even if he survived, yeah, the ship has sailed. He's not growing. And even if he does, I give a fuck. I don't care. Grow in prison. Have fun, you know? Um, but we hope that we set our children up in such a way so that they never get to that point, that they realize that there is a line that they can't come back from. And that once they cross it, that, that's pretty much it. Like, like, that's it. And so I understand why this guy took his life. He crossed that line. And I think as soon as he crossed it, or knew he was going to cross it, there was a mental switch that flipped that said, okay, my life is officially over. You know, I now have locked myself into one path. Right? The younger you are, there's all these different threads or paths you could take. You could be an artist, you could be an athlete, you could be a politician, you could be a firefighter, you could you could just be a grocery store clerk. No problem. But you have all these paths available to you. And as your life goes on and as you make certain decisions, the paths become fewer and fewer and fewer. And what I want to do is stop my kid from making a decision, especially at the age of 20, that pretty much locks them in on one path. And I don't even care if it's a good path. I hate the idea of being locked into any single path. So this is the bullshit that happened over the weekend. And instead of talking about Alabama and everything else, I, I get to talk about this. Um, once again, mass shootings, it happened in Florida. It's, it's nothing's going to happen. Uh, that's the really sad part about all this. This, this is it. This is done, right? I think the only way something happens now is when retaliation starts. 
I really do. I think we've we've reached the moment, and I think we reached that moment all the way back with Sandy Hook. I've said it before. Bury my hand, my heart at Sandy Hook. Nothing changed after that. So I don't think there's ever going to be a body count or a number of mass shootings in general that is going to tip everybody over, right? Like we've all dug into where we're at. You're either pro-gun or you're anti-gun at this moment, and you're pretty much there, and nothing's going to change your mind. You're done. There are the few individual conservatives who, of course, nothing ever bothers them until it affects them. So until their kid is the one who's blown away in school, they're going to be pro-gun, pro-Second Amendment, pro-everybody should be armed at all times for the rest of their lives. It's, it's just a fact. So, yeah, you can change a few minds. But in general, this country is deadlocked the way it is. Okay, the politicians aren't budging. The gun manufacturers aren't budging. They're making way too much fucking money, to be honest. And the courts are in their pocket. And I don't see that changing within a generation. Okay, we're, we're just stuck how we are right now. So the only thing I can think of that would possibly, even remotely, potentially, maybe, switch things up would be retaliation. Seriously. I'm sorry, but if you tell me if, role, if the role was reversed, if Jacksonville instead was a young black male with an AR-15 who went into a store specifically to shoot white people, or perhaps next time there's a huge parade of those Nazis outside of Disney World in Florida, somebody decides to run them over with their car. You know, until there's retaliation, until somebody finally says, you know what, I'm tired of my kids getting slaughtered. It's time for you to share the pain. I don't see this stopping. I think that would shock the system. I think it truly would. The second the Republicans, the second the Congress people actually have skin in the game where they realize, oh shit, we're going to go tit for tat now. It's no longer stochastic terrorism from one side. It's both sides. And the problem is nobody controls it. That's the dangerous part of this new stochastic terrorist society we live in. Nobody's really in charge of this shit. Donald Trump himself could come out and, I mean, he's not going to, but he could come out and in a huge declaration say, the violence must stop. All of you have to quit doing this. And it's not going to stop. The genie has been opened. And once this happens for the left, you know, once, once somebody on the left is like, you know what? I'm tired of Nazis. And the next time I see one, I'm going to mow them down. You know, the first time, and I'll guarantee you, it's going to be quick. It really will, because politicians are going to immediately turn their heads and realize what the fuck just happened. And just like Ronald Reagan, when he was governor of California, the second the Black Panthers showed up with assault rifles during protests, oh, that was a step too fucking far. Oh, no, we got to fix that. So there is precedent for this. It's okay when it's a particular side doing it all the time because they're not going to go against it right you, you can't as a politician in america and the problem i really have with our system right now is that it's almost a third rail to go after white supremacy which is crazy they talk a big game but they don't do anything about it congress blocks them at every chance they get the republicans have weaponized this issue and said oh no white supremacy is really a code for replacing you with brown babies like it's total bullshit so there's never going to be actual legislation passed to go after white supremacy but there will be actual legislation passed and i think the courts would agree uh to curb the second amendment to start taking away assault rifles 
the second the quote air quotes here wrong people have them it's bullshit it's hypocrisy it's the current game we're in and as far as i can tell aside from somebody actually overthrowing this government and putting someone sensible in charge this is what's going to happen no amount of protests no amount of dead children is going to fix this problem america has a very serious gun problem and the only thing that's going to stop it is when the other side starts doing something and I'm not advocating this as like, we need to do this. I'm just saying that's what I think it's going to take to fix it. It will. At some point, and I thought for a second it was that uh, transgender woman in, uh, was it Nashville? I I thought it was going to be them, but they didn't leave a manifesto. Their, their story was kind of muddled. And why did they do this? And why here? Okay, they went to that school, but like, was it... Was it, did they go to the school and shoot them because they knew the territory, like they knew the layout of the area, or did they have a particular vendetta against it? Like, none of that's been released. We don't really know anything. The story's, yeah, and both sides can, you know, equivocate and say, no, no, this person doesn't belong to us. So, so there's easy to distance. I'm talking like Jacksonville. There's no question what this guy was doing, right? He wrote three manifestos. His family thought he was crazy. He bought the guns. He had swastikas on his rifle. There is no doubt whatsoever what this person's goal and mission was. And if you put that on the other foot, and if you have, you know, a minority or a leftist, let's just, you know, say it's politically motivated. Say there's a leftist who's like, you know what? fuck Nazis, fuck conservatives, I'm tired of this shit. And they go ahead and they get their AR-15 and they, you know, paint it pink because they're commies or some bull crap, whatever. It has to be, you know, posted in such a way so that there's no question whatsoever what their mission is. And nobody can deny it. Not the news agencies. There's no spin, right? It has to be so clear that no one can spin it. And when somebody comes up and they're of the incorrect ideology or the wrong side of the aisle, the second that happens is the second we get gun legislation. Because again, Republicans, conservatives, politicians in general, fucking cowards, every single one of them, down to the last man. But I guarantee you the one thing they will do, the second they think those rifles could be turned on them, they will start legislating. They will in immediately, as quick as a heart attack, and the Supreme Court will not fight it because the Supreme Court would be right in their crosshairs along with everybody else. And again, this isn't me advocating for this. I'm not. I'm just, you know, gaming out what it would take in the United States these days when we have such a fascination with these firearms, uh, such a such a fetishization of them that we love them. We, we have our kids carrying them. They sell a hot pink, my first AR-15 baby rifle for fuck's sake. Like, we have a real problem, and I don't see it being fixed anytime soon, because as far as the right is concerned, nothing wrong is happening. This is the cost of doing business. So we need to change that paradigm for them to suddenly get on board with, with legislation to fix it, right? Like, that that's just common sense. That's That's practical. That's... You know, that's how human brains work. You need to give them an incentive to do it. Right now, they have no incentive because all their people are in favor of mass shootings, apparently, and children getting killed because they just keep getting reelected. Ted Cruz will never, ever vote against gun or vote for gun legislation because his people will always reelect him. 
period. He will never lose because of the gun issue. Texas is clear cut. I mean, there was an election right after the Uvalde massacre and every single person from dog catcher to governor was reelected and that we had plenty of time. We knew everybody in that chain of command screwed up over and over again, multiple times. Yet every single one of them got reelected and it wasn't close. It wasn't close. They all won in landslides. So clearly... They have no incentive to do this. So the only thing I can predict, the only thing I could say it's going to fix this is it's got to get worse, right? I mean, that, that's the only thing that makes sense to me. I wish I could say that there's there's just a politician out there who we haven't heard. Uh, there's, a, there's a person out there who can speak and, and quell the fears of the people on the right and the people on the left and, and unite the politicians and get the gun companies to even even they realize oh shit we've gone too far and and get both sides to come together the problem is, is like i don't think that person exists and as tribalist as we are even if that person did exist i think half the country would ignore them right if it's a republican let's be honest everyone on the left is gonna just assume he has an ulterior motive and to fuck right off if he's a person on the left and he's trying to appeal to the people on the right, they're going to look at him and be like, he's some commie asshole. Fuck him. We're not going to do this. Like, it's automatic. Okay, you have pastors saying that they're basically teaching the Sermon on the Mount and they're being approached by their parishioners, you know, basically like, where'd you get this leftist commie bullshit? He's like, uh, Jesus? <laughs> That's the world we live in. Jesus himself could tell you to do something and it, depending on your political ideology, you would dismiss him directly to his face and be like, yeah, no, you're not. Sorry. So I, I don't see an individual, a charismatic leader who could come forward and fix this for us. I don't see any number of protests changing the minds of politicians or forcing them to do anything. I don't even see, you know, uh, elections being reversed. Ted Cruz losing a primary to somebody who's pro-gun legislation. Like... I don't even think that would fix it because, again, the problem is also in the courts. The courts have been poisoned as well, and that will take a generation at least to fix. So, yeah, as far as I can tell, the only thing that would fix this would be retaliation, right? I mean, I, I, it's the only thing that comes to mind. I wish there was another way. <laughs> it's kind of like how I wish... I wish we could talk down fascists. I really do. But historically, the only way fascists have ever been defeated is at the end of a gun. I hate that. I really do. I wish, I hope that we could pull some of our brethren back from the brink. But right now, they're, they're kind of leaving us very few options. And historically, we're kind of limited in what we can do. And this is, this is the dangerous part of this entire time that we live in right now is like, you're just waiting for the one news story that's going to break and break our backs to where, yeah, we're, we're done with this. We're done. Like, I hope for a peaceful resolution. I just don't think it's in the cards. I'm too much, maybe I'm too much of a pessimist. I'd like to think I'm a bit optimistic on this, but I'm sorry. I just don't see another way out of it. And again, this is not a call to arms. This is just me practically thinking, what would it take 
to get whoever is standing in the way of gun legislation to to flip. Right? I don't think it's money. I don't think it's votes. You've somebody like that who's stuck in their ways, who's really dug in, they need a shock to their system, to their very core, to really like, oh, shit, this needs to be different. This needs to change. And I just can't imagine anything other than a full-blown retaliation from someone on the left. Because I do think that would cause it. Because the Democrats are not of the left. So they hate all gun violence. Good for them, I suppose. So they're going to go ahead and be like, yes, we need to end this now because violence bad. And then you'll finally have Republicans sitting there going, oh, shit, <laughs> they're coming after us now. <laughs> we need to do something. Right. Remember that moment, like right after January 6th, like within 24 hours where you even had Kevin McCarthy and Ted Cruz and all of them were just like, like they all looked like they were about to shit themselves. They were so scared because they realized, oh, the mob is here and you can't control a mob. And they're just as likely to fuck over someone like Nancy Pelosi as they are me. That's the danger. That's what we have to worry with. I, I just don't see another way out of it. And I'm tired of it because I keep having this conversation with myself. I keep having this conversation with you. And it's not being fixed. So, yeah. And I'm in Alabama now, so we. Huh. Anyway, thank you very much for listening. I'm um, glad you were here. Uh, we're going to play out with a couple of uh, interesting things I heard over the weekend. And uh, we'll see you again, hopefully tomorrow. And hopefully, better topic. I I'd love to talk about this this trade article from the Washington Post. It's, it's actually very interesting. I think we could get into some real right versus left, socialist versus capitalism arguments about it. I mean, it's a really fascinating think piece, really, if you, if you want to get into it. Uh, or, or maybe the fact that, you know, hey, I live in Alabama now and it's a huge culture shock. There is a huge change, you know, but basically something lighter. So, yeah, tune in tomorrow. We'll see. It's good to talk to you, Chad. He looks good. And, and he looks hard. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis is here. for listening all the way to the end if you want to support the show the best thing you can do is to like subscribe share and leave a review you can always email me directly at recoveryfrompolitics@gmail.com. i can also be found on facebook threads and most social media sites except the site formerly known as twitter that's a nazi site and you will not see me on it anymore your support is crucial as this show is not monetized. It is a one-man show using free software on his free time, so your reviews mean a lot. Thanks again for listening, and I'll see you next time.